Next on BYU Sports Nation, legitimate odds for BYU football to win a national championship. And yes, Vegas is telling you there's a chance. What did the USA Today rank BYU in the preseason poll? And which BYU legend do you want back for one more year right now? Maybe it's the EuroLeague MVP of the month. Brandon Davies will join us from Lithuania, part of BYU Sports World. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, BYU Sports Station is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, May 9th, wherever and however you're connected, Always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with our Studio B odds maker, Jerem Jordan. Well, 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 we're going to get to some odds for BYU to win the national championship coming up. I did not make these, nor do I agree, or do I, with these coming up. From the Las Vegas Superbook. It's no book. It's a super book. Super book. He's no man. He's a super man. May the odds be ever in your favor. Lazy adjective. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The Las Vegas Superbook released college football national championship odds this week. Leading the way, no surprise, Alabama at 7-4. to four. Okay. BYU also on the list, given 1,000-1 to one odds to win the college football national championship. Jerem, do you have that too high, too low, or just right? I've got it just right because BYU has no shot, so it doesn't matter. Uh, we're a thousand about, to one is not no shot, Jerem. We're talking about BYU going to a bowl game, let alone a New Year's Six, let alone the playoff, let alone winning a game in said playoff. I mean two games. Uh, BYU's got no shot to win the national title. It's not 1984. That was amazing when it happened. BYU had to have this amazing run just to get to that point, and the chips fell in the right spots. That was awesome. Uh, it doesn't matter. This number doesn't matter. A thousand to one? Yes. There's pretty much no shot. It's a ridiculously long shot. But you know who else has one thousand to one odds to win the national championship? Colorado State and Florida Atlantic. Hey, Lane Kiffin's guys, man. Woohoo! The Owls. BYU has the same odds as Lane Kiffin and the Florida Atlantic Owls. I love Lane Kiffin, but a thousand to one BYU did open at five hundred to one, which I think is fair. A thousand to one, five hundred to one. Come on, a <laughs> thousand to one. Holy cow! What's what's BYU basketball's chances? That's what I want. Better than a thousand to one. Better I than can tell you that much. A basketball, like a basketball national championship for BYU, is more likely than a football national championship. The fact that Butler went to the national title game not once but twice and was a Gordon Hayward bank away from actually beating Duke it was incredible. Like, basketball, you can make a six-game run easier than in football getting – like, a team like BYU is not getting into the playoff, let alone winning it, okay? Even Boise State, they ain't getting in the playoff. It's a Power 5 tournament. It's not a college football tournament. It's a Power 5 tournament. Which is why I ask – does Florida Atlantic really have the same odds as BYU? They don't play the same schedule. Stop it. How many teams actually have a chance to win the national championship? I would argue about 10 to 15. 
are actually yeah. in the mix. I would say that when the season, might even when be the season fewer. begins, when the season begins, you're going to have the greatest number, right? 20, of course. I mean, 20? realistically, who has a shot to win? There's like probably 10 to 10. 15 teams yeah, probably 10. that are realistically there. The USA Today re-ranked all 130 college football teams following spring practice. Here we go. Your BYU Cougars come in at 91. Is this a fair ranking? No, this is ridiculous. Tell me how you really feel. Spencer. 91? BYU goes to a bowl game for 12 straight years. The same USA Today reporters on a consistent basis are ranking BYU between 30 and probably 55 or 60 for all 12 of those years. BYU has one bad season, and all of a sudden after spring football, they're ranked 91st. BYU is 16 spots lower than UMass. I was kidding about my <laughs> motto yesterday, beat UMass for the BYU football season. No, I think it's a good one. USA Today has added some credibility to that. UMass is 16 spots higher than BYU following spring football. Utah State, higher than BYU? Get out of here. This is dumb. It's fair to me. because BYU, 91? It's fair. Like, Plus, it doesn't matter. Again, a number that doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. But it's fun. It's May 9th. We need things to talk about. BYU's opponents, however. Look, look number three, Wisconsin. Number four, Washington on that schedule. Okay. How about Northern Illinois coming in at a sneaky number 38? I, they're a good Arizona 32, Boise State 14, Utah 30. So there's some good teams on that schedule. It's pretty tough. Insert, UMass 75. from Jerem here. Really? Third party reference. You're right. You're right. I'm going to go self-imposed yellow card in the spirit of Tijon Chroma yesterday. UMass 16 spots higher than BYU. Wow. Is that a sign of the times that UMass would beat BYU in football? That's like is that in the scriptures anywhere? Is anyone? It's in the apocrypha. Okay. Try again, USA Today. Try again. That's a major fail. Ninety-one. Ninety-one. BYU has one bad season. Twelve straight bowl games. One bad season. You're so offended. Ninety-one. <laughs> the good thing about this is, I love when you're riled up. Expectations are super low, right? Great. Yes, yes. I I think that's a good thing. Isn't that a good thing for this that's year? That's the one good Coming thing about this. Coming off of 4-9, and nine, who's going to be like, dude, we're we're doing this, man. If we're they're 91, then BYU is – they're projecting, essentially, that BYU is going to have a similar season to last year. They're right. going to go 4-9 again. And BYU on its own schedule is what, the third worst team? Yeah, third worst team on its own schedule, according to the USA Today. Here's the thing with expectations. 12 straight bowl games, all but in one bad year, 91. So dumb. There's no Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams walking through that door. So who are the new guys walking through that door? <sighs> Trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not doing that with this. No. Jerem, apparently Kurt Warner, former Super Bowl MVP, still has the itch to play professional football. The itch for Critch. At 47 years young. He's available. Are you taking him? Better yet, which former BYU player at their current age would you like right now for an upcoming season? Any sport. That's our question of the day as well. Uh, I take Jimmer Fredette. I want James Taft back because since he's left, BYU has not won a conference championship. They have been back to the NCAA tournament. But James Taft, Jimmer Fredette, beat St. Mary's and Gonzaga his senior year, by the way, setting up uh, expectations a little too high 
Going into uh, the league, he scored 24 against St. Mary's. Dramatic three-pointer at the end to win that. Scored 34 in the second round against Gonzaga to blow out David Stockton and the Zags. I want James back. That's the number one answer. He's in his prime form. But if I have to pick somebody else and I went football route, I'm going to take Jamal Williams. Oh, over, uh, say, Taysom Hill, quarterback. Yes, because in a Jeff Grimes offense coming from LSU. Jeff Grimes. That wants a feature back where run blocking is the lifeblood of the offense. Sounds very exciting. Give me the Packers' number one running back, Jamal Williams. You want to take pressure off all of those quarterbacks that you're trying to get game experience and help them calm down on a new offense? Hand it off to number 21 and let him do his thing. The Jamal offense is back. I would, if I went football, I would take Taysom Hill. I think Taysom Hill would be a game changer, but of course, health would be the question, right? We haven't seen Taysom Hill play like an ex- I mean, 2016 is senior year. He, he got to the end of the 12th game. That was maybe further than we thought, which was good. Man, it'd be nice to have one of those guys back. The Jamal fence under Jeff Grimes. The Jamal fence. It was a be- it was a thing of beauty. Actually, actually, it wasn't. It was hamstrung by the type of offense BYU was running. I thought if BYU had run kind of more of a spread, that Jamal could have thrived even more. Well, he still and had that, a pretty stinking good year. Yeah. Did he, did he have a thousand yards that year? Yes. Yeah. Fifteen hundred, fourteen hundred. Yeah. I I think he could have had even more. I think BYU slow. I, I think the way that BYU's offense those two years, uh, Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. I th- man. Man, they could have done even more, I think. I don't think BYU's 9-4 and four if they run that offense, by the way, under Ty Demmer. I think BYU gets 10 or 11 wins. I just have happy thoughts thinking about Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams in the backfield. Oh. It's good stuff. Let's keep the good mojo rolling, Jerem. Okay, last night, 7th-ranked BYU men's lacrosse did something awesome. They upset number 2 Utah. That by itself is awesome. 10-9 in the quarterfinals of the MCLA tournament. Utah was undefeated. Got to the quarterfinals. Wow. It's going to be in uh, Division I NCAA men's lacrosse next year. This was a big upset, encapsulated by at VV Lacrosse, who said, "In the do we have some dramatic music that we could play over there? In the lore of MCLA upsets, BYU lacrosse over Utah lacrosse will live on forever, with ASU lacrosse over Michigan as two of the most significant in history. <laughs> While we don't have the MCLA upset context to really discuss that, let's discuss this. Is this the most dramatic finish in BYU sports since August? Oh, by the way, the game-winning goal scored with less than 10 seconds. If we are terming it as the most dramatic finish, yes. Who had a more dramatic finish? You scored the game-winning goal with six seconds left in the tournament to knock off your undefeated arch rival, 10-9, to send them packing, and you're moving on to the next round? There's nothing more dramatic than that. You scored the game-winning goal essentially at the buzzer. Yes. That's incredible. I can't think of a more dramatic finish to anything. Like, in the quarterfinals of the national tournament against your rival, who is leaving to play D1 next year. BYU is in the club scene with a bunch of really good teams. By the way, the Cougars play Michigan State tomorrow night in Salt Lake where the tournament is. This is the most dramatic finish of any team in BYU sports this season, meaning from August to now. I'm not well done by Matt Schneck and the guys to beat Utah in the last second. Now, I'm not sure that 
lore of MCLA upsets and living on forever. <laughs> well, in MCLA. Hits with everyone. Yes. Yeah, right. Not everyone's in the lacrosse crowd, but we're bringing you in every, listen, hitch aboard the wagon for BYU lacrosse. Plenty of room as they take on Michigan State tomorrow night. Absolutely. Let's go. Choo-choo. Let's go, man. In the tournament. They're already yes. in the tournament yes. and moving. Let's go. Just ponder what BYU pulled off. Yes, it's dramatic. It's wonderful. They beat undefeated Utah. Utah not lost until the tournament, and they go. Unfortunately, the Badcats did not beat Utah last night either. Good luck to BYU against ninth-ranked Michigan State, 915 Eastern in Salt Lake City. Was Utah hosting this little regional? I'm not sure if it was at Utah, but it was in Salt Lake. So, essentially, yes. Oh, I love it. Our question of the day. This isn't a regional. This is the national tournament. This is the, the end all. Which former BYU athlete at their current age would you want for the upcoming season? Time to hear from all of you, BYU Sports Nation. This is the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. And our first response now at J.K. Dostow on Twitter. Taysom Hill, no doubt with the quarterback in question following an abysmal season last year, it would be great to have Taysom back. Yeah, no doubt. You can't go wrong with Taysom Hill or Jamal Williams. From Facebook, Ryan Cribs. Would be nice to see Jimmer Mania again, especially because I missed much of it on my mission. We all miss something important on our missions. <laughs> you missed two losing football seasons, Jerem. So yes. yes, I did. I, but I also missed Hafaiata Ujo in an NCAA tournament run. I also missed men's volleyball winning a national title. That you did, yeah. Okay. Coming up, are things falling apart at St. Mary's and Hoops? We'll tell you why that may be <laughs> and why we hope it is. I love that it's termed that way. Are they falling apart? <laughs> Smile on our face? Plus, what advice did Brandon Davies give to Yoli Childs and Elijah Bryant? We'll ask him next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Last night, the Bad Cats lost to Utah, but they try and bounce back tomorrow night against San Francisco on the road Thursday night, 6 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the W.TV. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation always rolling on social media. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Also, you can check us out on Facebook, hashtag BYUSN, whenever you reply and would like to converse with us. Specific today, we want you to answer this question. Which former BYU athlete at their current age would you want for an upcoming season? At our greenhouse says, I'd say Brandon Davies. We need a really good center, and Yoli Childs is more of a four anyway. Interesting. Given our next guest. Yes. Join in. Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We will read your responses later in the show. We spoke with former BYU basketball great and EuroLeague MVP of the month, Brandon Davies, yesterday. He joined us from Lithuania on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Here it is. Brandon, EuroLeague player of the month. How and when do you find out that you receive an award like that? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny. I didn't really know until I got um, to the gym. I and mean, we kind of have a, a team rule. If you 
receive any awards like that. You have to order sushi for the whole team for after practice. So um, we have a board that I just came in and my name was on the board and they told me why. So that was the first time I found out. That's an expensive award. Do you do you want to win that award? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it gets kind of expensive, but I mean, it's, it's fun to share something like that with your teammates so you get over it pretty quick. When the when it was tweeted out, they used like a less than compelling photo of you. I think you tweeted about it. it was it wasn't your best look in that, was it? Yeah, there was a. I think that was um, the the LKL league, the Lithuanian league, the MVP of the week or something like that. And the photo was was just terrible. So I mean, there was <laughs> some people on Twitter were having some fun with it, and, uh, but. Yeah, it was it was kind of funny to see the responses I got just by replying to it. It's been a few years since since you were at BYU. We ended up actually covering you as a freshman at, at Provo, so it's fun to kind of see how your career has progressed. But give us an update of kind of where you've been post BYU. Um, it's been it's been a crazy ride. I I, um, I, I went to uh, the Clippers and through preseason and. Um, then I ended up on the Sixers. I was there for a year and a half. Got traded to Brooklyn. Um, was there, was in Brooklyn up until around playoff time. And then I went over to, uh, I went overseas for the first time and started off in France. Um, it was just the four months of the, four months left in that season. And then, uh, spent the next year in Italy, spent the year after that in Monaco. And then now here. World Traveler, Brandon Davies with us on BYU Sports Nation, hooping it up uh, in the Euro League. As a former 76er, Brandon, do you trust the process? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to see how well they're playing now. I mean, especially with the, you know, the coach. He's, he's a great coach, and I have a uh, good relationship with him. And uh, it's just fun to see things working out. And, uh, you know, I was, I was a part of that process or whatever you want to call it, so. Um, you know, it's 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 like I said, it's just, it's cool to be a part of something that's doing so well now. Another undrafted free agent from BYU who's made the league is one of your best friends, Kyle Collinsworth. What do you think of what Kyle's done with the Mavericks? Uh, I think it's it's pretty awesome, you know, especially you know he was in the D League and you know showed what he could do, and he's he did nothing but you know impress them, and um, you know through his hard work and. The numbers he put up, you know, he earned a roster spot. So, um, you know, I think he's. It, it's always it's always nice when you um, when you're when you're around everyone being a being a part of the same, you know, the D League team as the Mavericks. Everyone that's um, in the offices have been seeing him and seeing what he can do. So, moving up for him was it's it's a good thing. So, hopefully, it continues and he can he can find a home there. Talking with Brandon Davies, who is in Lithuania right now, balling out uh, for his team's Algiris. Now, not only are things going well for you individually, Brandon, but you've helped your team get into the EuroLeague Final Four. Paint the picture for us, if you will, of what that means to the community and to your team and the franchise to get into the EuroLeague Final Four. Yeah, it's, it's an unbelievable thing, you know, just to get there, um, you know, as a, like you said, an accomplishment for myself. But when you throw in the mix, how important it is to you know a country like this who hasn't seen you know anything like this for about 20 years. So um, you definitely get 
you definitely feel that the passion that they have for the game and um, you know they they love us here they 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 appreciate everything we do and um, it's it's just it's great to be a part of such a great fan base and you know there's literally tears in in their eyes when we made it to the final four so um, like I said it's a great experience to be a part of what's it like to live in Lithuania like what's Lithuania like um, honestly, where the town I'm in, it's, I mean, it's pretty similar to, uh, to Provo. I feel like, you know, there's, um, they have like a, a river that flows through kind of like Provo river. They have, you know, all four seasons. There's not really any mountains or anything, but I think weather wise and, um, you know, just the kind of, um, you know, small town feel you kind of get from Provo. It's the same feeling here. So it's been easy to adjust. What kind of food are you eating regularly? Well, they um, this town has a lot of variety. So, I mean, we we can find anything we want. There's a lot of really good restaurants as well. Um, so this they're really um, um, you know kind of Americanized here. It's, they have a really big mall that has you know a lot of restaurants to choose from. Not as many like fast food chains or anything like that. But I mean, as far as like good hearty meals there's, there's a lot of great restaurants for yeah. brandon it's one thing to handle a family and play in a professional league let alone multiple professional leagues so how do you balance all of that between the lithuanian league euro league and your family life so far away from where you grew up uh yeah i mean it's, it's it gets hard at times you know you just kind of get kind of homesick but um, you know, I had my, my mom and my sister from out to see me. Um, Lindsay's parents came out and, and visited us. So, I mean, you just got to find time and, and space people out enough to, you know, to come visit. So you, you get to see who, you know, um, people now and then. But at the same time, it's, um, you know, there's a lot. They want to come out and see games and stuff, too. And, you know, every time they're here, whether they're here for a week, they get to see about three or four games. So, I mean, it's a ends up being a good trip for them and for us as well. You're in a unique position having uh, played four years at BYU, played in the NBA for about two years, and then now played overseas. So I'm interested to get your opinion on the following. So Eric Mika left after a year to go play in Italy. Now Elijah Bryant's leaving. He's hoping to get into the NBA. If not, you know, the G League or overseas is certainly an option for him. Yoli Child's testing the waters. What's your advice for those guys in this process? Um, well, starting with Eric, you know, he he was one of those guys who was was kind of knocking on the door, like I was, you know. And he just, I think he's he still has he still has enough um, potential and upside that he can he can he can be in the league. And um, you know, he's in a kind of a similar situation to where I was. He's playing in um, the Italian league that I played in uh, my second year overseas. So. And he's he's killing it over there, and there's a lot of eyes on him. So um, I think I think for him, it's just it's just a matter of you know showing that he can he can play at a high level, and I think he'll continue to move up. Um, with Eli, I, I talked to him a little bit. He was um, you know asking me um, just about you know what he sh- kind of what he should do, and I you know my biggest advice to him is just to or was just to follow what he thought was best. You kind of got to follow your gut in this situation. Like, you know what you're capable of. Um, you know what your, um, where your confidence is at. 
Um, so a lot of times you just gotta, you know, you just gotta. All you can do is 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 jump and and push yourself. I mean, there's um, knowing that he graduated and everything. He was. I feel like that was a, a big a big thing for him to where he could make the decision to to go pro. But uh, I think he's gonna be a great pro. I think um, if he if he gets someone gives him a chance, he'll he'll definitely he'll definitely turn some heads and. Um, and the same thing with with Yoli. You know, he has so much upside as well. And um, just being able to play play against them and, and work with them over the over the summer when I'm home um, has has been great too. You know, those those guys are are you know are pros already. You know, they're as far as their abilities and and things like that. So, I mean, all of them, all three of those guys that that we're talking about are. I mean, they're all work in progresses, you know, and, and, and I am too. So, I mean, that's not a knock on any of them, but they're all extremely hard workers, and I wish nothing but the best for them. Brandon, if you were at BYU now, do you think you would consider leaving early, even if it wasn't to the NBA, possibly overseas? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, it's it depends on, you know, situations as well. You know, when you have a family, that kind of changes things, and, and you know when you're when you're single that's that's different as well you know i i kind of had some thoughts too um of leaving um when i was you know after after um you know my junior season and stuff like that but um you know it's just it's just kind of a no one can really tell you you know what's best in those situations you know i mean everyone thinks they know what's best but i mean if you don't feel confident in yourself in your abilities and then what's the point of what everyone's telling you. So, um, I mean, that was, that was the, all I could really say to him. Brandon, knowing what you know about Lee Kamard, what do you think about him being hired as the newest assistant basketball coach? Um, I think, I think that's a great pickup. You know, me and Lee are, are really good friends. You know, he always, when he was, when he was around, he was someone I always, I always listened to when I was at BYU and, um, but at the same time, connected with off the court. So um, when you can get a coach who can connect with players on and off the court, and um, you know enough enough players know him enough and see him playing out and he respects enough to listen, I think that's going to just only help the program and um, and especially especially the players individually. You know, there's there's times where I where I've done individual workouts with Lee as well, and and I've gotten better workouts with him. Than you know, I did with the guys who I paid with, who I paid for. So um, it's definitely a great pickup, and you know, I'm I'm really happy for him. Brandon, great to talk with you uh, all the way from Lithuania. Congratulations on the winning Player of the Month. Good luck with that sushi bill, and uh, even more <laughs> luck in the Euro League Final Four, my friend. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Brandon Davies with us on BYU Sports Nation. Part of the Deseret First Credit Union hotline from Lithuania yesterday. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Great to catch up with him. He had, uh, you know, about two seasons kind of off and on in the NBA, which was awesome as an undrafted rookie. Similar kind of what Kyle Collinsworth is doing, which he's had kind of the one season, right? Good luck to Brandon Davies. He's turned up in the EuroLeague, like the Champions League of basketball. Trust the process. Okay, there it is again. That's the second. Former 76 Second reference. Come on, man. <laughs> Coming up, what did Tijon Caroma do in minicamp to catch the eye of Andy Reid and company? We'll talk to a beat writer for the Chiefs. St. Mary's basketball is losing an assistant coach, but not just any assistant. Yeah. Is the Gales Australian Junior National Team recruiting pipeline in danger? Ooh. 
And is it a big deal for BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. Softball plays LMU Friday, starting at 7 Eastern in a doubleheader on BYU TV. The winner of this series, the three-game series, two on Friday, one on Saturday, wins the West Coast Conference Championship and gets the auto bid to the NCAA Tournament. Huge series. Check it out. Friday, starting at 7 Eastern on BYU TV. The best of the West Coast Conference going head-to-head at Gail Miller Field on Friday and Saturday. BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back. I am Spencer Linton. Jerem Jordan sits to my left. We're in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. And we now present some of today's top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU baseball losing at Utah last night by a final of 6-3. to three. The final contest of this four-game series in the 2018 season. Utah took 3-4. of four. Chandler Anderson hit a grand slam to secure the win over the Cougars in Salt Lake City. BYU gets back to work in WCC play at San Francisco this Thursday. And to put it lightly, the Cougars' postseason chances on life support. Oh, and that would be generous. That was for you, Tony Knuckles. BYU women's golf is currently in ninth place. It's seven over par and 15 strokes back of the cut line, which is sixth place. So likely out of it at this point. The other, uh, the top six teams advance. Rose Huang tied for seventh at three under. Kendra Dalton tied for 12th at two under. The top two individual players of non-top six teams advanced. So hopefully uh, Rose Huang or Kendra Dalton or both could be advancing. Both have a shot. Both are within striking distance. USA Volleyball announcing their preliminary 26-man roster for the FIVB Volleyball Nations League. Former Cougars Taylor and Brendan Sander. How cool is that? Ben Patch and Jake Langlois all make the roster. To my knowledge, Brendan and Taylor have not played on the same team, so they've been in the same camp together. But maybe they have, and I missed it. But I believe this could be the first time, if they both make the the actual playing roster, that they play on the same to team. To see them on the floor in a national setting would be amazing. Now, world, th- this is a new thing. This kind of rebranded, it looks like. Volleyball Nations League as opposed to World, world League. League. Yep. Yeah. And number seven, BYU Lacrosse. Men's Lacrosse defeated undefeated number two Utah in the quarterfinals of the national tournament. It's the MCLA tournament. Cougars beat the Utes 10-9 on a goal with under 10 seconds to go. The Twitter Boom. account virtual varsity called the upset one of the two most significant in history. Cougars play number nine, Michigan State, tomorrow night, 9.15 Eastern in Salt Lake. Uh, That's definitely a big deal, and we should play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau, bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. Ben Bagley, what do you have for us off the top? First one, Big Deal, No Deal. St. Mary's assistant coach, Marty Clark, who's Australian, is leaving the program for taking a global ambassador position with the NBA. Now, this is a big deal because he's he's been one of, if not the primary pipeline to Australia. Spent five seasons at St. Mary's, key part of the offense, helped develop the bigs like Brad Waldo and Jock Lando, assistant coach for the Australian national team in the 2012 Olympics. Spent 12 12 years at the famous Australian Institute of Sport. Guys like, you've heard of them, Andrew... Bogut or Bogot, according to the Boom Goes the Dynamite guy. Patty Mills, Matthew Delavadova, Joe Ingles, Ben Simmons. This is a big loss for St. Mary's. Big deal. Who do the Gales bring in? This is a big deal because 
I know that the relationships that Marty Clark helped Randy Bennett and St. Mary's form with that Australian pipeline, like those are still there. But Marty Clark is a guy that I'm sure a lot of the players were like, okay, I feel comfortable about going to Moraga, California from Australia because Marty's there. He's there. He's not going to be in Moraga anymore. He's going back to Australia. So who do they bring in? Do they try and get another Australian guy? I'll be interested to see what they do. Right now, as it stands. Maybe they just get Joe Ingles, and they say, just retire right now, and we'll bring you in. This is a big deal because it could hurt the pipeline to the Australian Junior National Team. You think oh, I'm kidding. That would be like, just a tragedy. A lot of these guys are going to play on the Australian National Team that are stars at St. Mary's. You better believe Jock Lando is one of them. Emmett Nahr, viable candidate to play at least some role on the Australian national team. Fun fact, I could load and fire a musket quicker than Emmett Nahr can shoot a basketball. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yes. Uh, it's, it's not the quickest release. I don't even release. know how to fire a musket. It's not the quickest release. Next. Big deal, no deal. BYU having the largest engagement rate in the country for collegiate athletic site on Instagram. Oh, I thought it was going to be just engagement rate, which I think is number one as well. I think this is a big deal. We know because we, know, we engage with you every day. BYU athletics on Instagram, the engagement level is high. We saw the engagement level Saturday in Mesa. We know that the brand is strong. This is another evidence of it. And it's an off-season uh, championship. We're all into that. I think it's fantastic. It's a testament to what BYU does to stay ahead of the curve that way. Like, there is so much effort put into making that Instagram account look good and professional. Oh, our homie Stuart Call over there and his team, Tyson Hutchins and everybody, they're awesome, dude. David Almodova, Bryce Lake, like uh, all of BYU athletics. How many names can we drop right now? My goodness. Is that a big deal? This is incredible (laughs) and valid. Yes, it is validating. I, and For those guys. Words of affirmation are a love language of BYU fans. Let's be honest. All right. Let's finish it off, Ben. Well, and as we know, our, our boy Stuart Call not only gets it done on Instagram and social media, but at the dinner table Yes, as well. he did. Okay. Yes, he did. Shout out, Stu. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Big deal, no deal. Last one. Bill, Bill and Ted's three has been announced and is happening with both the original actors, Alex Winters and John Wick. I mean, Keanu Reeves. I mean, Neo. Yeah, we had a discussion about that after the show yesterday. Uh, what's Keanu Reeves? What what is he retired? What's his best role? Anyways, I think this is a big deal. I love Bill and Ted. That's one of the best. We dressed as you know Wayne and Garth. Bill and Ted maybe <laughs> this year. Who knows? We love those guys for Halloween. Wild stallions. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Excellent. Yeah. There are strange there are strange things afoot at the at the Circle it's, K. It's so good. It's a classic. Oh. Rufus. This is a big deal. Who's going to be Rufus? So it's the- Socrates! Socrates! The princesses! <laughs> I, I will see this movie. I will pay money to see this movie in a theater. I will pay $2 probably to see it at Redbox, but maybe I'll go with you. Oh, come on! Just, you got to enjoy this in uh, IMAX. <laughs> really? On a Tuesday, yes, for 5 bucks. <laughs> yes, this is a $5 Tuesday five, movie. Yeah, it's 5 But I will see it in a theater. Yeah. Our question of the day, which former BYU athlete at their current age would you want for the upcoming season at Googs 53? Agrees with me. I'd love to have Jamal Williams still running the ball in a Jeff Grimes offense. That's why I went with Jamal Williams. It's yes, built the, around the feature back. The Jamal fence would be awesome. 
at D Stokes 11. BYU football would have to be Jamal Williams. Yeah. BYU basketball, it'd have to be Jimmer Fredette. Coming up, we're going to talk to uh, and give you the latest on Team USA guys in multiple sports, not just volleyball, for former BYU Cougar. Why aren't you in Brazil right now? I'm not sad about that with the men's volleyball team at all. Also, the publisher <laughs> of ChiefsDigest.com, Matt Derrick, what did T. John Caroma do to impress the Chiefs coaching staff to earn that contract? And will Daniel Sorensen be a starter? This is BYU Sports Nation. Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is a big weekend for BYU softball as the Cougars take on LMU. All three games on BYU TV this weekend, starting Friday with the doubleheader at 7 Eastern time. The winner of this series wins the West Coast Conference and gets the auto bid to the NCAA Tournament. Who knows if the other will get in at large. BYU and LMU starting Friday at 7. Greetings from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Our question of the day, which former BYU athlete at their current age would you want for the upcoming season? At Mark Elman, a great question. Tweets in, Jimmer Fredette proved he can make a good team great, and he's still in his prime. And he beat Gonzaga handily and St. Mary's his senior year. <laughs> Is Jimmer the key to BYU winning the West Coast Conference for the first time ever? Ugh, this isn't real, and I wish it was. Join in using the hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whichever you prefer. We'll read more of your responses later in the show. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline from Kansas City is Matt Derrick, Kansas City Chiefs beat writer for ChiefsDigest.com. Matt, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks a lot. It's great to talk to you guys. We saw some big news featuring T. John Karoma coming out of Kansas City over the weekend that he had signed a free agent contract after making the most of his minicamp invite what did T. John Karoma do to earn a spot on the 90-man roster and impress the coaches? Well, for the, for the tryout players that come into a minicamp like this, the, the number one thing that they can do is just show hustle and commitment. And that's, that's something that he's been known for. I mean, that's certainly, I think, what earned him the spot in the first place. Um, you know, the scouts that I've talked to about him have said that just that willingness to play, you know, the, he, he goes to the final whistle every single time. Uh, he's, he's a scrappy, grinding player. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's what he's got to be able to do. He's a, he's a little undersized for, you know, the center position and everything. But, uh, you know, the way that the, the Chiefs use their offensive linemen, they, they like guys who can move, you know, the guys who can get out to the outside because they like to do a lot of outside zone plays. Um, they like to be able to, you know, have their offensive linemen be a little athletic. So, you know, even though his height, you know, may hurt him a little bit there, as far as just being one of these big guys up front, you know, the fact that he, he, he has good footwork and he can move certainly plays into his advantage. And, and I think it's a good spot because, you know, the Chiefs have Mitch Morse as their starting center, um, but they don't have any depth, you know, at that position. They've, they've got some guys who played the position, but, you know, in a pinch, you know, they, they, they don't really have someone who's been a true center in the past. And that's, I think that's been a pretty good fit for him. Matt, how much of a chance do you give Tijon to make at least a practice squad when the season starts? 
I think you'd have to think at this point he has a pretty good chance. You know, obviously we'll have to see what happens once they get into OTAs and the training camp. Um, but I, I, I think that would be his best shot would be the practice squad. Um, you know, coming going from you know just a tryout player to making the 53-man roster. That's difficult to do. It doesn't happen very often. Um, but, you know, just getting your foot in the door and getting the chance, you know, that's what you need. And like I said, I mean, you know, the, the, the Chiefs do need some help there. And, and having someone who's got some experience would be a benefit to having around. And we also know that Andy Reid, you know, loves young players from BYU. He's, he's got obviously a soft spot there. He loves to give those kids a chance. And, and if, they, if they prove themselves like, you know, Daniel Sorensen has, they're, they're going to stick around. How much of the playbook are guys like T. John Karoma expected to know in just a few days? Yeah, you know, that's that's really tough because Andy Reid's known for having one of the, the thickest playbooks in, in the league when it comes to the offensive side. And they do try to simplify it quite a bit for you know for the rookies and for minicamp and everything. But, you know, they still expect them to, to know what they They've, they've gotten to get it down. And that was one of the things, you know, that, that during this mini camp, mini camps can be a disaster. They really can. Some, when, you, when you're you know, bringing in 68 kids that, you know, haven't all played on the same team before and relatively inexperienced, uh, there can be a lot of mistakes and sloppiness. Um, with Andy Reid's group, they, they usually get them around pretty quickly. And, I mean, you could tell certainly from, from day one to day three, you know, how much these, these players retained and how they were able to operate. And, you know, by the third day, they, those offenses out there were looking pretty good. Three of the 68 were BYU guys, Tijon Chrome mentioned. Handsome Taniello, Algernon Brown also among them, former BYU Cougars. How did Taniello and Brown fare? Yeah, I thought Hanson had some really nice moments. Um, you know, he's he's a pretty big kid. You know, uh, you know, one of the defensive line up front kids. And you know, I, I thought he had some flashes. He he ran mostly on the second and third teams. Um, he he really impressed me at one point on some elevation. There was a throw in for the middle that he got up, jumped up, and got his hands on and knocked it away. Um, I thought that was a pretty athletic move. Um, uh, Brown uh, looked pretty good too. I mean, a little bit of speed. Um, they used him out of the backfield, catching passes quite a bit, and showed good hands there. Uh, that's one of the things you got to be able to do in this offense, and they, they certainly did it a lot in the mini camp. Was throwing to, to backs out of the backfield, and, uh, and I thought it looked good. I mean, I think that both those players showed enough to you know merit another chance, and for maybe another team to take a look at them this weekend if they can get into another mini camp. That certainly is the hope for uh, the BYU guys. Matt Derrick, publisher of ChiefsDigest.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Derrick. Is with us on BYU Sports Nation. You brought up the name Daniel Sorensen. He's a beloved defensive guy. Hard worker, shows up, goes to work, doesn't say much, just does what he's told. What kind of an impact has Daniel Sorensen had on the Kansas City Chiefs since he entered the franchise? Well, you're just you're talking about just one of the toughest guys in the league. I mean, you know, he's afraid of absolutely nothing. And, and you're right. I mean, he's definitely one of these lunch pail players. He, he he just goes in there, he works hard every day, and isn't afraid of anything. And you know, and and he certainly has been one of these elements that has brought toughness to the team. That's something that they're they're trying to add more of. You know, there's been some questions that maybe that. You know, there's been a little lack of commitment in the last couple of seasons on the defensive side. Maybe they had some guys who weren't tough enough to be able to handle the, 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 the grind of the season and going into the playoffs and everything, and that's what they want to instill into this defense. But Daniel Sorensen has that in spades. I mean, he's never afraid of anybody. He's, he's willing to do all the dirty work that needs to be done in the secondary, and he, he does it better than almost anybody. We met an actor on a photo shoot recently who is a big Kansas City Chiefs fan, and he referred to Daniel Sorensen as D-Nasty. And I thought, 
Daniel Swartz, really? And he's like, oh, he he's he's one of the dirty Dan, yeah, dirty dirty Dan, yeah, dirty Dan. Has he really (laughs) earned that reputation in Kansas City? Well, it's it's one of those names that just plays a good type, really, because you're right. I mean, <laughs> off the field and talking to him, he's the most quiet, soft-spoken, nicest guy around. I mean, he's, he does not like to talk to the media, and he's so shy and quiet, and he doesn't want to. But when we, you know, when we ask him to, he's always you know helpful and does what he can and everything. Uh, but I'll tell you what, on the football field, do not mess with him because – uh, you know, he, he sticks up for his teammates. He plays all the way to the end. You know, I, he got he picked up a couple of fines last year for a couple of little things on the field because, <laughs> you know, like I said, he he plays hard. I mean, he he absolutely does. He plays to the very end, and and he, he's not to be trifled with on the football field. Is D nasty, dirty Dan expected <laughs> to be a starter this year, Matt? You know, I, I I don't think that they want him in that role. I mean, really, where he plays his best is, you know, is kind of an end-of-box safety. And, you know, and, and the Chiefs have drafted another player, hybrid linebacker, that might share that responsibility. So, you know, I, I think they really like him in that niche role. And, you know, really that third safety role is really his best position. Um, not to say he can't start. I mean, he has. I mean, when they've had injuries, he's, he's stepped up and – He's been, uh, you know, he, he does have a nose for the football. So, I mean, he's had some nice plays. He had, uh, you know, a great interception last season on a, on a deep pass. They just played absolutely perfectly. So, he, he can do that, but they really like him in that third safety role, you know, that and the nickel and a dime packages, which with the way the Chiefs play defense, I mean, they're in their sub packages probably 60% of the time. So, he's still a pretty, you know, integral role player. We are speaking with the publisher of ChiefsDigest.com, Matt Derrick, on BYU Sports Nation. How is former Cougar Andy Reid, the head coach in KC, received by the local community? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, this, this team wants this city and this franchise and their fan base, they want to win. So, you know, whatever, there's a disappointment in the playoffs, you know, inevitably there's probably some finger pointing at the coach. Uh, but he's pretty beloved here. I mean, he really is. I mean, you know, Andy Reid does not take a whole lot of, I think, the blame for some of the things that have happened here you know, as far as the playoff losses the last couple of seasons. Uh, you know, there's always going to be frustration. There's going to be some things that complain, but you know, he just signed a you know contract extension last year, so he's going to be here for a while. And just looking at the accomplishments, I mean, this is a franchise that you know it's it's had some pretty good success in the past, but never won back-to-back division titles until the last two seasons. Uh, you know, playoffs for the last five years. That's a streak that has not been matched in franchise history. Uh, he just simply wins games. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback now, uh, you kind of see a little, you know, a little glint in the eye. I mean, you see a bounce in the step. I think he's really excited, you know, about the prospect of having this new toy that he can play with and, you know, figuring out some things to do with the Mahomes because Mahomes has an incredible arm. And you can kind of see Reed really wants to see how he can put his stamp on the offense. Matt, great to talk to you. Thanks for the insider's edge from the Chiefs. Absolutely. Great talking to you. Matt Derrick, Kansas City Chiefs beat writer from ChiefsDigest.com on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, former Cougars get the call up to Team USA in volleyball and rugby. Plus more of your answers. Which BYU athlete do you want back for one season at their current age? Jerem says Jimmer. I say Jamal. What do you think? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, the EuroLeague MVP of April, Brandon Davies, playing for Zalgiris in Lithuania, and Matt Derrick. 
If you missed any of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around baseball. Batcats lost to Utah 6-3 in the final matchup of the season. They lost the series 3-1. Chandler Anderson hit a grand slam to secure the win for that team up north. Golf. The 41st ranked Cougars currently tied for ninth in the Austin Regional at 8 over par, 14 strokes back from the cut. The top six teams advance. Rose Swong in the individual competition is tied for fifth overall at 4 under par. She's got a chance to move on. Volleyball. USA Volleyball announces its preliminary 26-man roster for the FIVB Volleyball Nations League. Former Cougars Taylor and Brendan Sander, Ben Patch, and Jake Langlois all made the roster. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez and Felipe de Brita-Ferreira both get freshman nice. All-American honors from Volley Mob. Fernandez named first-team All-American, while Ferreira is honorable mention. And the Cougars touched down in Brazil this morning for the once-every-four-years foreign trip. Thanks for the invite. Lacrosse. Seventh-ranked BYU <laughs> upset second-ranked and previously undefeated Utah in the quarterfinals of the MCLA tournament. Cougars beat the Utes 10-9 on a goal with under 10 seconds to play. The Cougars take on ninth-ranked Michigan State tomorrow night, 9-15 Eastern in Salt Lake City. Rugby. Former Cougars Sean Davies and Paula Sique make the initial USA Rugby 30-man roster. Training begins for their summer series. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver had a hit and a run for the single-A Quad Cities River Bandits in a 9-0 win over the Fort Wayne Twin Caps. Maverick Buffo pitched five innings, struck out two in a win over the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Go Lugnuts. Jacob Hanneman recorded a hit and a run and an RBI in an 8-4 win for the Iowa Cubs over the Omaha Storm Chasers in AAA. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. Dexterlaw.com. Men's lacrosse for the win over undefeated Utah last night. Good luck uh, tomorrow night against Michigan State. Which former BYU athlete at their current age would you want for the upcoming season? Our elite voice of the day from at Colonel underscore James 83. It's got to be Jimmer. He was and still is electrifying. Amen to that. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app for Jeremiah and Spencer. Shout out to Derek Stevenson. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern.